When we follow God by his spirit, I found that he gets me to the position where I need to be in this present life before I'm forced to do it. It's so much easier if God puts you in a certain position than it is if circumstances of this life force you into that position. The first thing God showed me to do when I was born again in 1975 was to get out of debt and stay out of debt. Don't live the way of this world, where you buy now and pay later, where you can buy a car for nothing down and continue paying for it for the next few years, where you can take a mortgage out on a house. These are all ways of the world, and they seem wise, but God takes the wisdom of the world and makes it foolish. And the wisdom of this world is becomes vain. For God knows what's coming, and humans do not. They go along as if nothing's going to change, and many changes are coming. When we're following God, we frequently make the change before the change is actually needed. I've found this over and over. One of the current things upon us right now, as a result of the coronavirus of 2020, is isolation. People are so accustomed to going the opposite way. Their social life is in their bars, or their social life is in their families, or their social life is in their churches. Coronavirus changed so much of that. After I was born again, my life was in the church. It was everything to me. The first church that I attended, the preacher was preaching that tongues are of the devil. And after I read the Bible, in 1 Corinthians 14, I believe verse 39, Paul said, forbid not to speak with tongues. Yet I was attending a church that was teaching tongues are of the devil. I had to choose immediately to come out of that church and agree with the Bible. I went to another church. God gave me a dream and got me out of that church, showing me that the speaker was speaking poisonous things and he was killing the congregation. And if I stayed there among them, it would kill me too. After that, I would go from one church to another, seeking a church that I could attend. And every time I went, the pastor would speak something contrary to the Bible. And I knew I could not go to that church. Isolation pretty much became a way of life for me. I didn't get to do the thing that I wanted the most to do, and that is attend church. Because there was corruption in the church, they were teaching things opposite to the Bible and permitting things opposite to the Bible, and I could not stay among them. 
I had to choose between the Bible and the church group over and over and over. It was a very, very sad 20 or 30 years. Then in the year 2017, God showed me what I had been seeing was Antichrist who had moved into the churches. Before Jesus returns the second time to take the church out, Antichrist moves into the church groups. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 is what I had been seeing. Falling away would come where churches fell away from Scripture that allowed Antichrist to move in and take over. And here is the fate that comes as a result of staying with churches when they teach something opposite from the Bible. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Start at verse 10. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. I keep having dreams that I am working with people who are preparing for a stage presentation. Recently, I dreamed that these were rather immature people that were in the stage presentation. And they would be on stage, but then they would walk off stage and they would change character and go back to their old self. And I had to try to keep them in character when they walked off stage. I believe God was showing me that we have to hold fast to the character that God has given us, showing us to live a certain way. We cannot live with these groups of people. We just can't do it. We'll be swept away by them. The pleasure of the group of people will become so strong, it will destroy us. Because iniquity abounds, the love of many will wax cold, says Jesus. And I believe that's the love of many, for the word of God will wax cold. Matthew 24, 12, 13. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he who endures to the end, the same shall be saved. So I went through many years of isolation from the church because there was too much perversion in the church. I couldn't stand it. Perversion against the New Testament scriptures. Things were being taught that were just opposite to the New Testament scriptures. Things such as it's okay for the divorced woman to remarry. 
It's okay for a man to marry a divorced woman. Jesus said the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Matthew chapter 5 verse 32. Jesus said, If the woman departs from her husband, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled with her husband. And let not the man put away his wife. That's First uh, Corinthians chapter 7, verses 10 and 11. And the Apostle Paul said that is a commandment of the church. Yet I found churches weren't doing that. They weren't teaching that, and they weren't doing it. And I know it's much worse now. I know that they are basically teaching homosexuals are born that way. When my cleaning woman asked me about homosexuals, I read to her Romans chapter 1, and she said, but what about on television? They say they were just born that way. I didn't have an immediate answer for my cleaning woman. Later, God took me to Mark chapter 10, where Jesus said, in the beginning, God created them male and female. No, they weren't just born that way. If we look at Romans 1, we see that they were turned over to being homosexuals and lesbians, turned over by God to being such. Romans chapter 1. If we look at verse 23 through approximately verse 28, and they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. For this cause God gave him up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. That's Romans chapter 1, approximately verse 23 through 28. So we see the churches trying to please men and therefore accepting the opposite to what the Bible teaches and going in a way opposite to which the Bible goes. That's Antichrist in the church, and it had to happen before Jesus could return for the church, according to the Apostle Paul in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Verses 3 and 4. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. The day of the Lord, the day of the return of Jesus, shall not come. 
except there come a falling away first. In 1982, God said to me, the falling away are not people leaving the churches. The falling away are the churches leaving the scriptures. The day of the Lord will not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. He sits in the churches, the temple of God, showing himself to be God. Departing from the Bible, having no fear of God before his eyes, just casting away scripture and going another way and setting up another doctrine. Well, we're seeing that, and we've seen it for decades. The stage is set when Jesus can return. The great tribulation comes. The wrath of God judging the sins that are in the churches and the sins that are in the world. Sending wrath upon the people, both in the church groups and the world, who take pleasure in unrighteousness and do not follow the scriptures. Is coronavirus a prelude? I think it is. Because it has brought a change of life all over this world, not just in isolated places, but everywhere. It has brought many changes. It has shown many evils in the ways of this world. We who belong to God and follow him are often set in the place that we would have to go and be forced to go by the circumstances of this life, such as coronavirus. There are many people who have big mortgages that will lose their houses. They will have to move in with someone else, consolidating residences, often with relatives. I heard a woman speak just the other night on NBC News about the fact that she had to give up her home and take her children and move in with her mother. And she was crying over the life that she had lost, not even considering that it's a far better way than the way of debt, which caused her to have to give it up. I see people in cars lined up at food banks to get free food. I see people saying things like, I don't know what I would do. I wouldn't have food for tomorrow if it was not for this free food from the government. And yet I see them driving brand new automobiles and it tells me the way of life that they live because the car dealers make it so easy to get a car today a new car 
and pay later. Debt is such a strong way of life. A lot of that's being broken up by coronavirus. People are sad when they should rejoice at getting free. Now I realize you only get free through God. But sometimes you are forced away from the world and its ways by the circumstances of life. The great tribulation could come upon this earth with the first plagues and woes that are sent from God and they might not be fully recognized that they were the great tribulation. My attention was drawn to this very strongly during those fires that raged in California starting around August, I suppose, of 2020. Every year they have fires in California due to Santa Ana winds and lightning strikes. But this year was the worst year by their report. Let's read about the first of the Great Tribulation woes that are coming upon the earth. The first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth. And the third part of trees was burnt up, and all green grass was burnt up. We've had fires like that, not just in California, but also Colorado. We had quite a few here. The Amazon rainforest, a large portion of it burned this year. There was a story just a week or so ago about Sand Island in Australia where everything was burning and they thought they might lose the whole island. Now what if the third of the earth is in parts, in different parts of the earth. It wouldn't be quite as big a story as if it was an entire block of the third of the earth. And the Holy Spirit got my attention to the word the third, the third part of the earth. In the second woe, the second angel sounded, and as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea, and the third part of the sea became blood, and the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and the third part of the ships were destroyed. Now you would think this would be major headlines, but just recently there was a story on CNN the written report on internet about the scientists think they have discovered why the trout are dying in the oceans. I did not read that article, but I'm aware it exists. 
What's going to happen when these things like fire and hail, what's going to happen when we have all these fires in the first plague? Aren't the scientists going to move in and say, oh, this was caused by campfires getting out of control? No telling what they will say. When the fish die in the sea, won't the scientists have some reason other than God for the fish dying? When this great mountain burning with fire slides off into the sea, will they ever associate it being with God? We know we have active volcanoes in the Hawaiian Islands. Why couldn't it slide off? Or what about in the Philippines? There were volcanoes there, which I've heard of recently. There are many places where there are volcanoes. Now, I think it would probably attract attention if something like um, Mount Rainier at Seattle slid into Puget Sound. But it might not happen that way. We could have several of these things happen without even recognizing they'd happened. And the third angel sounded, and there was a great star from heaven burning as it were with a, were a lamp, and it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of water. And the name of the star is called Wormwood, and the third part of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. What if that happened in Africa and you lived in the United States? And then the scientists come and explain it away. I, I really think that's the kind of thing that we, we could see. Now the fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten, and the third part of the moon, and the third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. I think that could catch more attention, possibly. There will definitely be a time come when the powers of heaven will be shaken and the earth will slip in the solar system. We know that from the prophet Isaiah who talks about it in Isaiah chapter 13. Verse 13. God says, Therefore I will shake the heavens and the earth shall remove out of her place in the wrath of the Lord of hosts, and in the day of his fierce anger, when God comes to judge the world. God will shake the heavens and the earth, and the earth shall remove out of her place in the solar system. That will get the attention of everyone. I had a dream several years ago, where the earth slipped on its axis. The governments of men and the scientists and the religious leaders 
were meeting together to try to see what could be done about this. Well, nothing can be done about this because it's from God. People were terrified. The newscaster was trying to give a report of this on television, and he became so frightened as he spoke about it that he just stopped speaking and got up and walked off camera and left the studio. This is the kind of thing that's coming. But we could see some of these early things of the Great Tribulation and not really know that we've even seen them. But as you get further into the Great Tribulation, it's going to be very obvious. I think coronavirus got our attention in a way that has never been gotten before. And I believe life as we have known it in the past ended for us when this happened. In the United States, it was very strongly visible on March 11th, 2020. On the TV, I was so shocked when I heard that they had completely canceled the National Basketball Tournament March Madness. That's just unheard of. Then, the same day, the NBA canceled their season, and the same day or thereafter, the Major League Baseball canceled their season. This gets your attention. Then, businesses closed, and Times Square shut down in New York City. I saw the pictures on television where nobody was there at Times Square. I've been there. I've seen the people that were there. It was wall-to-wall people and wall-to-wall cars. And now there's nothing. It was startling. And, of course, even if we don't know anything about economics, we have to know you cannot close your businesses and not have the economy affected greatly. So here we have the scenario of the vast majority of people being in debt to mortgages, to car payments, to who knows what else. And then the businesses shutting down and people losing their jobs. And then this virus hits where they die in large numbers. All of this is too strong to be explained away by the scientist. We have to look at it as being a prelude to something where God is getting our attention. Is there any one of us where we don't know this is happening? Is there any one of us that is unaware of what is happening? Of course there isn't. Everybody knows. Everybody all over the world knows. It's not just affecting the United States or England or Africa or Asia. It's everywhere. This is significant. 
Has your life changed in 2020? Has it affected you in any way? I had a series of circumstances which God brought about in my life that changed my life before any of this happened. So by the time the coronavirus hit in the United States, I was already living social distancing. I was already living in isolation, and yet I had more company than I've had in years because God moved me into the home of Pam Paget to live there with another believer who truly is a believer, who prays when she has a problem and turns to God, and God answers her prayer and shows her what to do in the problem. She's not depending on other humans. She's depending on God. This is highly significant. She doesn't put pressure on me or anyone else. She turns to God. That's very rare to find anyone who really turns to God with their problems, hearing from God and doing what God says and then reporting how God helped them. That's extremely rare. Most people who say they are Christians turn to their churches, to their pastors, to other people. And they tell them their problems. But to turn to God in isolation? And yet Jesus says, when you pray, go into your closet and shut your door. but very few do that. That's because most people do not have faith in God, though they attend church. They have faith in their churches, their ministers, radio and television preachers, people like me. They have faith in all types of public figures in religion, but they don't have faith in God. Well, they're not going to stand, and we won't either if we allow them to cling to us. We will be pulled under with them. Most people cannot isolate unless God has already led about isolation in their lives. The way of life for most people is social gatherings. They gather in bars or they gather in churches or they gather in families, but they have to be with other people. The coronavirus has forced people into forms of isolation. And I'm sure the destruction caused by the isolation is something that's largely not reported today in our newscast. We are beginning to hear a little bit about mental illness through isolation, but I'm sure it's nothing compared to what really exists. This way of life that people have grown into living will not work. God makes us the head and not the tail. And when we follow him, 
We are above and not beneath. The way of this world, which is the way of mortgages and car payments and all of this way of being in debt, is exactly opposite to the way of God. The world around us is exploding. And sadly, I suspect some of you have lived in the way of the world. It won't work. It's not going to return where you can live that way. The great tribulation is coming. And then everyone will really see something. It gets so bad in the great tribulation that men cast their silver and gold into the streets because it's of no good to them, no use to them. They hide in caves because of the plagues that are coming upon the earth, things that are coming from God at the end of this world. We have seven of these plagues, which are in the book of Revelation chapter 8, 9, and then chapter 16 shows the other seven plagues, the vials of woes that are poured out on the earth. One of them, one of the vials, is poured out on the sun so that great heat scorches men. Abnormal heat. Well, of course, the scientists will want to try to explain that away with things like, we told you about global warming. It's not global warming. It's God. And you will know the difference because you know the scriptures. But they won't know the difference. They have to explain everything away. But when the powers of heaven are shaken before Jesus returns, everybody will know that something is happening when the sun doesn't give its light in normal times. Everybody will know. After that, Jesus says, then he comes through the clouds. Matthew 24, verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. So we have the great tribulation, the shaking of the heaven and the earth, and then comes Jesus with his angels. There are those of the elect who will be alive on the earth during the Great Tribulation. And in Matthew 24, Jesus says, If those days weren't shortened, none of the elect would be saved, but for the elect's sake, 
those days will be shortened. Things are coming, and they are very powerful things that cannot be denied. I know many tried to deny the coronavirus, even thinking it was sort of like a flu. But we've seen that it isn't like the flu. Now the man has come up with a vaccine which they think will stop the coronavirus. We'll wait and see. But the things that are coming from God that we see in Revelation chapter 8, 9, and 16, those things cannot be stopped. I think we've learned a lot from coronavirus. I think it's changed our lives a great deal. Even though I was in a place where God put me, which made everything very different because I was already living in this social distancing, so to speak, when I'd never even heard the word social distancing. I fell, even after moving to Colorado, I fell and broke a wrist and injured my head and neck and as a result had some physical therapy. And my therapist kept wanting to try to help me get out of the house. She said, I think the greatest problem with you is getting you out of this bedroom because I don't see any motivation that can get you out of your bedroom. Well, I had books to write. I had all types of things to keep up with our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations, which we've been publishing every day since March 2012. And now we have the podcast as of February 2020. So I have a lot to do daily, every day, to keep these publications going for the church. I have no real desire to get out of the house and run around and sightsee. And then came the coronavirus, and it turned out that the rest of the people in the world were told to live like I was living. Several times I sent little notes to my therapist saying, well, I'm finally living according to this way of the world in the sense that we're, we're need to social distance and not get out. <laughs> so it, 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 they came to the position God had already brought me to. But I've seen so many things happen as a result of this um, coronavirus. And I can picture them happening in the lives of the majority of people because I know there's no way they could be living out of debt and have the possessions they have. As young people have expensive homes and expensive cars and families and everything at one time. They're living the way of the world to have this. It's not going to work. If you're holding your breath for everything to get back to the way it was, I think you're going to be disappointed. Instead, why not allow God to change your life and go a different direction? 
downsize. It's not really a bad thing to consolidate housing. That woman that was on television crying because she had to give up her house and now has to live with her mother, maybe her mother needs her to live with her. Maybe it's a good thing. It's certainly been a good thing for me to give up my house in Texas. I no longer have property. I wouldn't want to go back to it. Do you see the future or the past? Which do you see? Are you wanting to live in the past? Or are you moving toward the future? I want to suggest to you that you read 1 Timothy chapter 6 if you're having trouble and wanting things of this world and to move toward the past and that you begin constructing your life more toward that because I don't I don't think it's going to work to go backward I think we have to go forward. And we better be strongly anchored, not in a church, but in God. We better understand we are the ones to pray. It's not a matter of going to your church friends for prayer, going to a pastor for prayer, going to some corrupt TV minister who wants you to send him your prayer request. We go to God through Jesus Christ. And it says, let your requests be made known unto God. What is it that you want God to do for you? Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. That's the thing to live by. Changes. Making appropriate changes. You will like it even better once you have stepped over the threshold. There is no way that I would want to go back to owning a big house. When we drive around, we drove down the Broadmoor area of Colorado Springs the other day, and they have just estates down there. I didn't look at them and think, oh, look at this magnificent estate. I just kind of looked at them and thought, this is all going to be destroyed by God in the end of the world. And I wouldn't want all this property to keep up anyway with all the headaches that comes with it. I love my life right now, which is in one room. I live in one room, basically. I don't leave the house too often. Maybe two or three times a week, we'll take the dogs to the dog park and let them uh, play, and I get to sit there and watch them, sit in the car and watch them, because I can't walk. I'm 83, and I can't walk, and I, I wouldn't even want to walk out there where the dogs are. Pam takes them out there, and I get to sit and watch them play with the other dogs. I've got the best of all worlds, and it's because God moved me inch by inch, and I followed him. That's the thing that works. Building your life on that word that God gives you. Doing that which he tells you to do. 
One of the church members, when I put the house in Texas up for sale, she said, I don't see how you can do this. I said, well, I heard from God. I'll never see this house again. She said nothing. But see, she doesn't see. And she didn't see. And most church people don't see. But when you see and you hear something from God and you do it, they're going to tell you that. Haven't you ever had anyone say, I don't see how you can do this? Well, it was simple. God told you that to do that. If you've had that experience, you're one of us. Most church people are not. They depend on the church and their pastors and TV and radio preachers and people like that. Your faith has to be in God. You have to build your life on the word that God gives you, one word at a time, and just cling to it and keep doing it. For those who continue in his word, those are the disciples of Jesus. And then they'll know the truth, and the truth will make them free. John 8, 31, 32. Begin now, today. Follow scripture, follow concepts given you by the Holy Spirit. Follow God into areas of peace, and when you're troubled about anything, pray about it, settle it with God, with God, let your request be made known unto God. Not unto man, unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus the word that comes from God. You turn to God, you're kept by God. You do what he says, you're kept by God. You build your house on the word of God and you're able to live in this world in peace in spite of the problems. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.